ladies, you are listening to Women Emerging Fearlessly. Did you know that four out of five women struggle with confidence and knowing who they are? This show is dedicated to helping women lead their lives with fearless confidence and to know how amazing they truly are. In this show, you will hear from women who are emerging fearlessly, who have overcome many obstacles to pursue their dreams and passions, and they will inspire you and encourage you to stand up, step out, and speak up. Be your authentic self and bring your true gifts to the world. My name is Janelle Anderson, and I am your host. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a great review and subscribe and share it with your friends. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome to another episode of Women Emerging Fearlessly. Today's topic is about elevating the leadership conversation. So I know many of you are leaders. Maybe you're leading your own business, you're leading your own life, or you're a leader in an organization. So this should be a very interesting topic. We're going to talk about mindfulness and consciousness and things like that but elevating that leadership conversation. And I've got with me a guest today. Her name is Catherine Sherlock. She is the founder of Higher Mindfulness, and she focuses on elevating the leadership conversation through expanding consciousness and the insightful restructuring of thinking, which is really cool. Her goal is to maximize our potential and open the door to profound transformations in the way that we look at and live in the world. So after earning her master's, Catherine worked for many years as an environmental consultant. And she said, I love that work, yet I felt a yearning to be able to make deeper and lasting change in the world. Solutions that we came up with often felt like throwing tiny pebbles into a very large, deep bucket. In time, more and more of her personal consciousness journey seeped into her work. And she said, that was good for me and even better for my clients. Now that adventure grows every day. So her master's is in environmental studies. She's served in the business sector, all levels of government, nonprofits, and other agencies as a coach and a consultant, a facilitator, and a trainer. So welcome, Catherine, to the show. Thank you, Janelle. Yeah, it's great to have you. I love your topic. And I'm um, interested to hear about this journey that just keeps growing, this adventure that grows for you every day. So let's just start with um, maybe sharing a little bit about what brought you to, you know, from environmental studies into the space that you're at today. Well, Let me see if I can kind of bring that down to, I think there were a lot of pieces, but one of the things was I started to realize that the environmental sector that I had worked in for so long um, had a certain level of consciousness that was really just the other side of the consciousness they were kind of fighting against or working against. And as long as they remained in that, they weren't going to make a lot of traction. And as I started to move into that and question that, um, and like I said, there was a lot of my personal journey as well. Mm -hmm. You know, that was a big piece and I had never really brought that into my work. And it started, it really did start to kind of seep in, in funny ways. And then I got this really positive response from clients like, Oh, 
-hmm. you should do more of that kind of thing. And I was like, okay. Um, and I wasn't really sure, you know, I still, I still fight it because it is a very private and personal part of me and I'm an introvert. And so bringing those pieces out is still something I, you know, I work at still something that it's like, Oh, do I share that part of me on a professional level? Because mm. there's parts of me that are kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's a little weirdness in all of us, right? <laughs> but I love that you, you know, you just said you're an introvert and you still are kind of feeling your way through this. And it can be really scary to put yourself out there for anybody, but especially an introvert, but you're doing it. And, yeah, I mean, uh, I did it in a professional way, but there was so much of myself that was held back. And it made me feel like I had a foot in two different worlds. Mm, wow. And it wasn't really, it's, I think, I think there's many people like that. And it's a discomfort, right? right? And being able to bring yourself together more and more to integrate, to feel that congruence. I think that's our bigger path. Yes, I would agree. You felt out of alignment, disjointed maybe, and lots of people feel that way. And not, you know, not fully expressing, yeah. right? Yeah. And that there, there's so many people who are feeling that, who are feeling wanting their purpose and wanting to understand your purpose. And your purpose is a lot closer than you realize. Yes, it is. <laughs> so what do you think uh, held you back or what do you think might hold other people back from doing that? Because a lot of times people feel that, but they just don't ever do anything about it. They just continue you know staying on that same path because why you know what were some of the reasons why you struggled with it or did you struggle with it yeah for sure and it's not over that struggle I don't think it ever will be because there's a lot of voices around us right there's a lot of conversations and messages coming at us all the time um, we can talk about what a colleague of mine calls telepathy and this is more hitting into the woo-woo stuff, but the, the, the telepathy is um, the conversations you're having with other people in your head. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> I've had those, yes. <laughs> they actually have an energetic component behind them. They're very powerful. Yes. Um, I just went recently, since our kind of lockdown, I went more, I, I've, I made a commitment at the beginning of the lockdown that I would come out of it um, better on all levels, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And so, and I, and that work is progressing fast. Um, and one of the things was some of those telepathic conversations and I had already worked on them, but I worked on them at a deeper level. Nice. And one of the interesting things I found was there was a really, really minor, like some of the minor, minor relationships you have and not even necessarily relationships, but they're, they're telepathically in your consciousness hmm. and delivering messages. And so you're having that kind of conversation that you may not even be aware of. You actually have to bring awareness to it. Right. To realize that these conversations are going on and then decide, is this actually lifting me up or, or bringing me down? Right. Is this siphoning off in my energy or contributing to my growth? Yeah. Right. That's huge, because if you think of your day, you only have so much energy. You know, say you have 100, 100 points of energy in your day. If 20 or 50 percent of them are already siphoned off by those conversations. Not so good. Not so good. No. <laughs> 
No, and I love the, the point about bringing awareness. We can't deal with things if we're not aware of them. And often, you know, there's lots of conversations going on in our heads that we're not aware of. Um, I, I don't know if this is what you meant by that, but I know for me, there have been many times where I had a conversation with somebody and then for days I re playing it in my head and wishing I hadn't said a certain thing or wondering why I didn't say this and, or, or I'm replaying what they said to me and you know, it does affect you, especially if it's something negative. Yeah. And so being able to, yeah, we'll get into more of that, why that happens, but basically what you're really dealing with is, you know, we talk about mindset all the time. Mm-hmm. But we rarely talk about emotions. <laughs> like we, right. most of the stuff out there is like, oh, we need to change our mindset, blah, blah, blah. But we really don't know that much about our emotions. The truth is that what makes those kinds of things sticky, like we'll call it being stuck in your head, right? And the go and, and loops and loops and loops. But what is actually making it sticky is the emotions around it. Oh, interesting. That's great. I'm, go- I'm going to be doing a workshop on emotions here pretty soon. So... Uh, let's talk a little bit about about that. If you can share a little bit more about that, how does the how do emotions make it sticky? There's a lot in that. Actually, this is, I'm thinking like I'm being bombarded by ideas coming in here. It's like open the Pandora's box. Here yeah. we go. Well, let's let's keep it sim- let's keep it simple and assume that my listeners maybe don't know a whole lot about this. Well, uh, that's true because people don't. We yeah. we do not know a lot about of our about our emotions. Um, you know, the what's been held up as the gold standard is emotional intelligence. That is not going to cut it in terms of us reaching our potential. So one of the, there's a few issues around emotions in our culture, in our world. Um, one of them is that we have these difficult emotions, right? And we've labeled them as bad. You know, if you if you go to your spiritual teachings, your religious teachings, you know, everything, the business teachings, everybody talks about those emotions as bad. And that is a problem that, first of all, well, there's two two aspects. One is. We feel bad for having them. And if we feel bad for having those emotions, we're going to suppress and repress them. They're going to be really hard to bring in. And the other thing is, if we feel bad, we all want to be good people. So if we feel bad about having these emotions, we feel like we're bad people when we have them. We're going to be less likely to let them into consciousness. So we're actually, we're actually reducing our consciousness by this, this view. And then we also have this idea of left brain over right brain. It's very, it's very strong in our culture, in particular in the West. And this idea that the left brain should be should be over the right brain should be in control of the right brain that is a mistaken view of how to use our our brains how to use our minds i agree yeah we we need to be whole brained we need our whole brain to be we need whole yeah. brain thinking yeah. and so moving toward that and really understanding what that means at a deep level yes 
Yes. And I agree with you about, you know, we judge our emotions, we judge ourselves for having the emotions. And then that I, for years, repressed emotions. I got really good at it. I don't even to this day, I'm not really expressive, but I'm allowing myself to learn how to just feel them, let them be what they are, learn from them, listen to them, understand that emotions are completely normal. We need them, but they teach us things and they're signals to us about things that are going on deeper. So that's something I've taught on. I've coached my clients around. It's something I've practiced myself. Um, and I do, you know, you often see people having an emotional outburst and then they're saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And apologizing for it. Right. Yeah. Let me explain the difference between repression and suppression. Okay. So repression is when you push down the emotions unconsciously. In other words, you have no awareness, zero awareness that you've done it. And then suppression is the ones you do more consciously. And it kind of can be semi-consciously. You know, when you get really busy, like people like to stay really busy because they don't have to deal with stuff or they feel those kind of nipping things at the edge of their consciousness that they don't know how to deal with and it's overwhelming. And so they push it away. But let's go back to repression, the one that happens completely unconsciously. Um, and it happens with us all the time. So, so you are, we are repressing emotions all the time without it being in our consciousness. And the only way we can change that is be, to begin that journey of awareness, mm -hmm. to begin that journey of expanding our consciousness. But you can think of it as kind of like underground reservoirs of emotions. Like they're underground, we've, we've pushed them down. They're always pushing to come back to consciousness, however. Yep. But they're underground, they're repressed, and they're like a, a huge reservoir. So under, underneath, you have like a huge reservoir for maybe anger or grief or sadness, right? And you keep adding to these reservoirs. And so at some point, it's, it's even going to be more, going to want to come to the surface more strongly because it's, it's too much there's too much emotion in there. Right. But that, and that's what happens when you, what you talked about was you, somebody has a burst. Yep. What they've done is they felt an emotion. It's tapped into that reservoir and some of that energy's come out and they have this overreaction to whatever's going on. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Sure. It doesn't go away. I thought mine would, everything that I was trying to suppress or probably a lot of it I repressed, but I thought, well, if I ignore it, it'll go away. I won't have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people think that, but it doesn't. It goes into it goes into all kinds of things. It it changes our behavior. It goes into our body and causes illness, right? right. Sickness and pains and joint things and all yes. kinds of stuff, right? Yes, it does. Shows up, yeah, in, yeah, and diseases and conditions and. Um, that's so. That's also fascinating to me, and I love how you're bringing that out because I th I do think it's something we need to be more aware of, and we need to talk about so that people can have that awareness because it's hugely beneficial to have that self awareness, right? And to understand emotions, it just helps every area of your life. So yeah, it's really about. I mean, we've basically given our power over to our emotions, right? Yeah, and now the next level of development is really taking that power back. Yeah. Moving from, because we're in a fear-based relationship with our emotions. We are. Yes. So it's like, we all have emotions, but they don't have to have us. Have you heard that before? No, I haven't heard that one. <laughs> yeah. So that's a good way to think of it. Um, so how does all of this 
play into elevating the leadership conversation? I say the leadership development is broken because of the way it's approached. And I often hold up trait trait theory as as an example. Um, Trait theory is when people go out and they maybe they research some, you know, some leaders who have been very successful and they accumulate a set of traits or a set of characteristics that they think these people have. And then they go into an organization and they say, here, adopt these traits. This is what will make you successful. The only thing is when you look into them, I mean, first of all, there's there's these long lists of traits. I mean, some of them are short, like five to seven, and then you get up into the 20. And I've seen one that was 101. Wow. 101, you know, must have attributes to be a good leader. Well, you, so you go in and you they teach these and people try to adopt them kind of from the outside in. And they end up feeling very false and fake. Um, they feel inauthentic, right? They feel like they've put on a mask every day when they go to work. And it it's not effective. Plus you can't, plus it's all based on willpower. And I do not believe in willpower as, mm-hmm. as tra- willpower is not transformative. Willpower is effort-based. Yes. And you only have so much willpower in a day. It takes right? all so much energy to use your willpower and you just run out of it. Yeah. You just run out of it. Yeah. So if it, w- leadership from the inside out is different. You're, you're looking at how do I become me? How do I become, mm-hmm. how do I evolve me? How do I become, how do I reach my potential? And within that is your best expression as a leader. Yes. And so you, it's like coming home to the self and growing mm-hmm. from there. Yeah. Oh yeah. I always say just now I'm very at home in my own skin. You know, it's, it's a settled, peaceful, contented place when you, when you become you. Uh-huh. You don't have to put on the mask. You don't have to use all that energy to try to be somebody that you're not. And then you have all this power available to you to bring. It, it, the power of being you, you know? So Yeah, deepening into the self. Because I think, you know, we look at, I mean, a lot of the leaders I look at, they're very interested in serving others. Mm-hmm. And I think probably a lot of your audiences. And yet we only serve each serve others through ourselves. So we actually have to put ourselves first mm-hmm. and that growth first, as opposed to that outpouring. Because if you haven't filled your own cup, all you have to give is a little trickle. That's true. Right? Mm-hmm. When you fill your own cup and you give from overflow, that's a very different, a very different energy. Yes, it definitely is. I, I often talk about the river within letting it flow, like there's power in flow and ease. And it only comes from knowing who you are and being settled in who you are and letting it flow from who you are. And then it's powerful, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I, I love this kind of conversation. So tell us a little bit about how you use this work with your clients or what you do in the world. That's a hard hard one. I kind of have uh, shied away from the actual talking about the how on podcasts because because the work I do is fairly experiential. Mm-hmm. So talking about the how is turns into kind of a left brain thing. Okay. And you can't really specifically talk about the how. It's kind of like saying, it's kind of like if we were to talk about meditation and never actually do it, but we just <laughs> talked about it. And then people would sort of, the response would be like, oh, that's never going to work. 
because you hadn't experienced it, right? So it, it really varies. I, you know, I have quite different approaches to, to almost every area I deal with. And for example, in meditation, um, you know, it's, I, I approach it quite differently. I think that a lot of people are wasting its potential. And I like to look at it instead from sort of um, brain states and peak experiences and learning how in a day you move, you can actually um, empower yourself to be able to move through these different brain states to bring your best brain state and your best self to whatever's going on. And I, and I talk in meditation that you start with what are your goals? So what are your life goals? Where are your challenges for one? And then what are your aspirations? Because if you identify, I mean, we all, we all kind of identify our challenges, but we also want to identify our aspirations because they really pull us forward in a different way. Our challenges will tend to fight. Our aspirations will tend to, to lift us. Mm. So I talk about that in terms of meditation is you start from there and then you develop your practice. So you're not wasting, you know, you're not just taking it passively. Mm -hmm. You're taking, you're actually setting it up more actively. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so that's an example of one, you know, just one simple area. Okay. Um, there's so many different things. One of the most transformative things I work on with people is learning to change from the self as enemy to the self as ally. Wow, I like that. Self is enemy to the self as ally. And that uh, takes that, that includes the emotions. Mm -hmm. So instead of looking at these negative emotions as, as negative to begin to look at them as allies and realize they are actually allies. And when you actually digest them properly, there are gems of wisdom in there. Yes. They will actually direct you in your life very, very succinctly. And then there's also so things, you know, with leaders, leaders talk about the ego a lot. Yes, they uh, do. Yeah. <laughs> they talk about the leader and the ego a lot. And you'll notice that they talk about it in a very, very negative uh, voice, like just dripping with contempt. Right. Yet what you're actually talking about is a part of you. Yes. And what you've done is made this thing that you've called ego the enemy, right? And, right? and you are creating this dissociation. So you're kind of, you've taken sort of a, like a theoretical box and you put these things that you don't like in the box you call ego and you keep it away. You push it away. Now you created this disconnect, this disassociation, and you will be battling that for the rest of your life. And the common idea is that, yeah, this is the lower self and you'll never be able to evolve it and, you know, you'll always be fighting against it. And so now you're in this hypervigilant state hmm. against your ego. Mm -hmm. And like I said, you'll be a battle. It'll be internal. You have now created internal struggle for yourself. The same way we do with emotions, the same way we do with our minds. We've created this inner battlefield. Right. And what I'm trying to do is get people to more internal peace, less internal struggle. So... We need to change the way we look at ego and realize that we don't need to make, there's no more bad guys. 
is my my saying. No more bad guys in the self. So let's bring this ego home. Let's actually look at what you've put in that box. Hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example from my own life, if you'd like. Yeah, that'd be great. Um. A while ago, I found myself using the, the word ego, and I don't normally use it that much anymore, but I found myself using the word ego when I was what I was like, well, what does that actually mean? Because part of the problem is we use these general wor- words and they cover up the specific of what we've actually put in that box or what we're actually talking about specifically. Um, we run into a lot of problems in our minds because of that. So I had to look at, well, what is that? What am I actually saying when I'm using the word ego? And it was like, oh, pride, pride. Well, what do I mean by pride? Well, it turned out that what I was meaning as pride, what I was putting in that box was the idea of what to me felt like bragging. But what was actually me just talking about my skills and abilities. But as a female, one of the things I was raised with is that you don't brag. You don't talk about that stuff. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, that's not so good on a business level, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, such a great example and so interesting. It's those things we were raised, you know, the, they, they become our limiting beliefs, they become our values, and we don't even realize that, that they're not really serving us. But to bring that up to the surface and look at what do I really mean by that? And I... I love that you brought up the one with the pride and it meaning boasting, because I see that a lot in women. They feel like they can't own their own achievements or they can't talk about what they're good at because then they feel like they're boasting and they've been taught. We've been taught as women, we don't do that. Um, it's not ladylike or whatever, but looking at the, what, am, what do I mean by boasting? What do I mean by pride? Is that really what I'm doing? And really kind of taking that apart and realizing, no, I'm just saying what's true about me. And I tell women all the time, you're amazing. And there's nothing wrong with you saying, looking at who you truly are and the skills you have, the gifts you have that you naturally come by or that you've built on and you've worked at and the accomplishments that you have and talking about them. Because if you don't value that for yourself, who else is going to value that? So that's what I'm hearing from what you're saying is like, let's stop and think about what do we mean by the words we're using? Yeah. You know, and what effect is that really having on how we're showing up in the world? Yeah. Right? And it's all these, it, again, it's those conversations in our kind of field and outside of our field coming at us all the time, right? That we have yeah. to say, you know what, I'm going to choose what conversations are in my space. Yes. Yes. And, and move out the ones that that aren't. And that's part of that conscious journey, right? Yes. So powerful to think that way. Yeah. I love that. I love that concept, moving conversations that don't serve me or or draining me outside my space. I get to choose what I'm letting into this space. Yes. Yes. And what an effect that has on our energy and our our health, mental health, physical health, soul yeah, it health. Gets, it gets a lot quieter in our consciousness when you do that. Yeah. Because you don't have all these, you, this, this, all that chatter, right? Yeah. It's like, well, no, that actually is not mine and it's yeah. not staying. Yes. <laughs> not my monkey, not my circus. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, I love the work that you're doing in the world. It's fascinating and so powerful. Um, if anybody in my audience would want to reach out to you and talk to you, um, how should they do that? What would be the best way? 
Um, they can reach me at Catherine at HigherMindfulness.com. Okay. Um, you can check my website, HigherMindfulness.com. Definitely, if you if you want to reach out to Catherine and talk about anything that she shared today that you want to go deeper with her and see what, you know, that conversation might lead to, definitely reach out to her. And speaking about emotions and going deeper and learning how to understand them, I do have a workshop coming up. It is an online workshop coming up in October, depending on when this uh, podcast will air, uh, if it is before October, then Go to my website and it's right there under events and you can sign up. It's a virtual workshop called Your Emotions and You. And I would love to have everyone come to that. If this podcast is airing past that date, I will have a recording available. So just check that out on my on my website and uh, learn more about your emotions and also reach out to Catherine and she can help you a lot with that. So thank you so much for coming today, Catherine, and bringing uh, this wonderful wealth of wisdom. Thank you very much, Janelle, for having me. It was a lovely conversation. Thank you. Yeah, I think it was really interesting and powerful. So that's it, ladies. Until next time, be confident, be real, and be you. I hope you enjoyed that episode and got a lot out of it that will help you on your journey to becoming fearlessly confident. If you would like to know how to work with me to help you to become fearlessly confident, just email me, Janelle at EmergingLifeCoaching.com. You can also go to my website. There's lots of great resources on there, including a free mini course called Be Confident, Be Real, Be You. It's a three video course with downloadable action guides that will definitely help you to get on this journey to becoming fearlessly confident. My website is EmergingLifeCoaching.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, be fearless, be confident, and be you.